Yeah, yeah. People's Champ Radio. Roy Mack and Cash. What's good? Cash in the house, baby. Back at you one more time. Let's get it, man. Let's go ahead. Sports at its finest. People's Champs Radio. Every Sunday afternoon. What's been going on, Cash? Everything, man. Everything is lovely. Weather's beautiful out here in Texas, man. Hey, listen. I don't know where uh, where everybody else from or what they doing, but I love being in Texas, man. The great state of Texas, baby. There you go. The great state. Lone Star State, you dig? You understand? Yeah, they understand what it is, man. Listen, let's get right into it, man. Sports yeah. Talk. Sports Talk Radio. People's Champ Radio. Roy Mack and Cash. Hit us up on the YouTube channel, People's Champ Radio. You can also get with us on iTunes under the podcast section, People's Champ Radio. Make sure on uh, YouTube you subscribe to the channel. Also get those notifications so you can be notified when we drop in the latest new content, you dig? Hey man, a lot going on right now in sports. We're definitely going to get into some NFL here a little bit later, but first let's jump right into this MB Ize. Um, a lot of movement. D Wade is now with the Cavaliers since last time we spoke. And on top of that, the NBA has kicked off their um, they have kicked off their preseason with some games last night. And uh, so let's first talk D Wade and the Cavs, man. Do you like, love, or hate that move? I I love the move. Um, you know. I was listening to a couple of uh, breakdowns of just what D-Wade's role should be on a team, right? And first things first, right? you got to replace Kyrie Irving in terms of the winding minutes of a game. Um, you know, I know Isaiah Thomas was very viable with the Celtics, but we don't know if that's the real Isaiah Thomas or if he's going to come back down to earth and be more of an 18 to 20 point you know, type of guy, which is incredible, by the way. But last year, he had like 29 points a game. He was clutch. So I don't know if, you know, Isaiah Thomas is going to be that guy in a clutch for the Cavs. But I'm 100% sure that if Dwayne Wade is healthy enough to do it, um, that he'll be able to provide, um, you know, that type of presence in the closing moments of very important games that he's done at times and time again in his career. The big thing about Dwayne, of course, is the elephant in the room, which is his health, right? Um, but also, you got to look at the Cavs and ask yourself, who has been their, you know, shooting guard, right? Who has been the two guard for the Cavs that they can rely on? You're not, you're not you a fan can't... of J.R. Smith? Well, and that's why I use the word rely on. Gotcha. Right? <laughs> Listen, man, J.R. Smith is one of the most talented players in the NBA on any given year. But the problem with J.R. is that he's wildly, he's wildly inconsistent. And obviously, like I said before in uh, our previous podcast, was that I believe that the health scare with his you know, uh, daughter being born prematurely weighed heavily on him. I think it really wore him down. Um, and I think it affected his game. I don't know the brother, and you know, prayers out to him and his family, but it looked like it affected his game. I didn't feel like his heart was really in the game like that last year, right? Um, it's either that or he's, just, he's drastically declining. So I think Dwayne Wade provides more balance. And, you know, you got to think about it. JR is more of an outside-in guy, right? 
Dwayne Wade gives you a changeup because he's an inside-out guy. So I like the addition of Dwayne Wade. The only thing that makes me a little bit apprehensive about it is that they have, to me, far too many injury risks now. With him and with him and Derrick Rose on that roster together, I'm just wondering if they can even play 40 games this year without, you know, consistently, right? So we're going to have to really watch the way they're being managed in terms of their minutes. Ty Lue and that coaching staff have a lot on their hands to deal with their injuries and managing their time. But overall, I like it. It adds depth and it adds someone for LeBron. I think mentally, right, coming off the Kyrie Irving breakup, we all know that LeBron could be a little fragile, right? I think that Dwayne Wade helps band-aid that a little bit so that LeBron can continue to focus on championships. Because I believe that Kyrie leaving kind of hit – it kind of took a big – a chip out of LeBron's ego because I think LeBron always tries to appease people and even when you try to appease somebody and it doesn't work you get a little angry about that because you're thinking that, you know LeBron's thinking to himself like man I did everything for this guy and he still left I think Dwayne Wade's arrival kind of helps LeBron get over that give me a power ranking right now for the Cavs where you have them at power ranking NBA in the NBA period yeah the whole NBA, everybody. Not we're not going I, conference yeah, just a, the entire league. I got a, I have them number. Hmm, I got them number two. So the, the Warriors are obviously number one. I got the Cavs right there because if the Cavs were to face Oklahoma City, I would side with the Cavs because Oklahoma's inexperienced together, and I believe that the Cavs have the personnel to really match up with OKC. So yeah, I would take. But yeah, remember, I would say the Cavs are number two. But. And I, I'm not. I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you on that power ranking. I think you know they, that's logical that you can have them number two. I I would have them somewhere around two or three myself, to be 100 percent honest with you. But we still got to remember they actually have a lot of parts they have to integrate. They have to still integrate D Wade into the fold, as well uh, as Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Derrick Rose. Rose. So it's. I mean, you have four big pieces that you still have to integrate to that team. Um, so that's gonna that's gonna be you know a process. Obviously, what they have going on in Oklahoma City is a little bit different because what they're trying to integrate are you know you got a guy in Paul George who's a legit superstar. Um, we got a guy in Carmelo who you know <laughs> we had our disagreement on Carmelo last week, but who is a guy who definitely commands the ball offensively and who can score. Um, so I think it's gonna be a little bit different because I think what you're integrating in Cleveland aren't necessarily scorers, but you're integrating personalities and guys are trying to find a role. I think the one thing that may be good about OKC is that I think everybody, at least my perception would be that everybody kind of knows what their role is. I think when you pick up Carmelo Anthony, you're, picking, I mean, you're not picking Melo up for nothing else, but, hey, we need buckets. You dig? Melo, we getting buckets. If you pick uh, When you have Paul George, you know Paul George can fill in all those other gaps. And obviously the MVP is Russell Westbrook, Mr. 205 at this point. 205, 205 milli is Russell Westbrook, and that's the lead dog. That's the head of the snake, unquestioned. So, But we'll, we'll see, though. Man, I, I like the D-Wade uh, move, that, that pickup. Um, I, I, I echo your sentiments. I think it definitely shores up somebody in, in, the, uh, in the final, you know, two minutes of a, of a basketball game. 
I think that would go to D Wade now. And hopefully, if Isaiah Thomas comes back healthy, I think him and Isaiah, uh, D Wade and Isaiah, kind of share those responsibilities in terms of closing out games. And that's, you know, and when I say that, I don't want people to think I'm taking a shot at LeBron, because that's no shot at LeBron. Um, but, you know, he's just shown me over the course of what, almost 15, 16 seasons now, that, that that's just not really something that he's necessarily interested in, 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 in taking on or doing. You know what I mean? Yep. It's just not a part of his personality. And I think he hides behind the, I'm going to make the, the smart basketball decision, right? Here's the deal. If LeBron and Calvin on the same team in the YMCA, I don't want to hear, though, I passed it to Calvin because it was a good basketball decision. Get to the cup. Real talk. LeBron freaking James, right? Don't pass me the basketball. Get to the basket. I don't want to hear that smart basketball playing crap. So I'm with you. Um, and it's crazy because, again, I, I was talking about it throughout the week on our, you know, our weekly rants, People Channels Radio on the YouTube channel. I was talking about how, you know, Camelo Anthony said that, you know, him and Paul George were already inked to go to Cleveland. If that would have happened for me, Cleveland would, would win the champ, the chip, because I believe that those are the exact missing pieces that LeBron needed to beat the Warriors, right? With that inside presence of Camelo Anthony offensively and the Swiss Army Knights of uh, Paul George. So I do with you. Cleveland has a lot of movement, moving parts, but they have two great things about uh, their situation. A, they have LeBron James, who... Is the ultimate Swiss Army Knight. That guy can play point guard or power forward on that team if he needs to. Right. And also, they have the Eastern Conference to practice on. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, you get to practice on the East. It's a hell of a scrimmage, right? Like, it's a hell of a live scrimmage. Great competition to scrimmage against. They get to practice against the East until they get to the finals. And also, let me say this. For that Boston Celtics matchup that's going to inevitably happen in the playoffs, man, that's... <laughs> Kyrie Irving, man, you better bring your big boy pants because Cleveland, they're loaded. LeBron's going to have a little extra hot sauce on everything he does. And I believe that Cleveland's going to, you know, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Boston only won one game in that series. Will That's, my question would be this: Will LeBron mm-hmm. will LeBron go Steve Smith on Kyrie Irving when they match up? Mm. Meaning, will yeah. he, will he yeah. hit him? Will he hit him with the infamous phrase? Yeah, he got to ice up. Yeah, <laughs> Kyrie, Kyrie's gonna have to ice up, son, for that game. He's gonna have, hey, because LeBron called Kyrie a kid ten times during his press conference. Right. Yeah. So I know he's yeah. annoyed. That let me know he was annoyed with Kyrie Irving. I was like, okay, he's pulling the Kobe Bryant, you know, uh, Rajah Bell. Hey, do I know this kid trick? So. Listen, it's going to be some extra hot sauce on that game. And he got his brother, uh, Dwayne Wade, coming with him. Woo, NBA baby. Yeah, speaking I'm of, hyped. I'm hyped for the NBA this year. I am too, man, because um, it's just a lot, so many moving parts. Everybody wants to see how this the whole thing's going to work out with all these different teams. Um, one thing we know for sure is that start of next season, uh, the reigning MVP Russell Westbrook will be the highest paid player in the history of the NBA. With his new contract. Deservingly so. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, like I told you when we first heard out, uh, found out about it, um, we heard the news. The first thing I said was, man, I love that for Russell Westbrook. Um, you know, that's a great thing for him. He deserves every single every single penny. Make no mistake about it. But 
I'm not sure if I can play with him on 2K now because you know I, I don't know how the money works. If I try to bring in some other pieces now, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't not, <laughs> I don't know how the money works now, man. So hey, you know, that's real talk. That is real talk. You dig what I mean? But you know, listen, 2K gonna have to figure that out. But let's talk about it though, because um, you know, a, a lot of people, um, and when I say a lot of people, I'm talking people outside of what the hell they know what they're talking about in, in, in sports and specifically in basketball, they just point to the dollars, to the money on, on that contract, and they make their little, you know, re- remarks about, wow, you know, he's getting this much money, he's getting that much money. We were having just a brief conversation earlier, and you actually brought up a, a hell of a point, um, the point that I had been making to a lot of people on social media, the fact that mm-hmm. even with that contract, you can still make the argument that he's, yeah, yo, he's still underpaid. Oh, he's drastically underpaid. Um, listen, for all of our listeners, if you've never been to Oklahoma City, then you don't know what the hell we're talking about right now, right? So, you know, show all of your little opinions about Oklahoma City, what you think about it. If you've never been there, you don't know that there is absolutely nothing to do in Oklahoma City. Period. End of discussion. Um, it's a very large city. <laughs> with a lot of nothing to do outside of the state to go to a restaurant and go to a decimated bar. They don't have an NFL team. They don't have an MLB team. That means that basketball there, NBA basketball, is God in Oklahoma. Period. End of discussion. Not only is NBA basketball king there, they got a player in Russell Westbrook who is the MVP, averaged a triple-double, the first ever since Oscar Robertson, and oh, by the way, is arguably the second best player in the NBA. Things couldn't be looking up higher for their businesses, their local bars, their local restaurants. When Russell Westbrook is on that court, he's generating so much money for the city of Oklahoma just by merely playing for that team. Without, If you remove him from that team, obviously Camelo doesn't come there and Paul George doesn't come there, right? I mean, think about the power of a Russell Westbrook. And he's only getting $40 million a year. The way these salaries work is the players get a percentage of the profits. So don't look at the players when you see them get $40 million a year. Look at the owners and say, oh, my God, that's how much they're profiting, that they're able to pay this man $40 million? That's where that, those, those numbers come from. So all, for all you jealous fans who don't know anything about the salary, go, yeah, Google it, right? Look it up. That's exactly how salaries work in the NBA. But furthermore, regardless of those those facts, Russell Westbrook is worth more than what he's actually getting paid because without Russell Westbrook, that team ultimately has to move. There is no more Chesapeake Arena. That team would ultimately have to move cities because there would not be a draw. And unless you get lucky in the draft, nobody's coming to OKC in free agency. Sorry to, tell, sorry to break the news, Oklahoma. No one wants to come there outside of going to a casino. Cold world. Man, make no mistake. And listen, here's the deal. You're listening to People's Champ Radio, Roy Mack and Cash. Um, when you listen to us, man, we're not going to necessarily... Listen, don't come to us looking for us to to spoon feed you um, like a child this information. If you don't already know that with NBA salaries and with uh, the way the NBA salary cap is structured, that there's a minimum... Uh, you know that these owners have to spend, and there's a you know you know uh, there's a there's a floor right, um, and there's a cap. 
Um, we don't have to go through all those nuances for you. You understand what I'm saying? So when we're going through right. this thing and we're breaking down why he's underpaid, we're not going to go back and, you know, dot all those I's and cross those T's because when you come, <laughs> this is big boy radio. You understand what I'm saying? This is big boy what you're listening to right now. So when you listen to us, we're, 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 listen, when you go to college, they don't come in there and start talking about how to do multiplication. You're supposed to know that when you get there. You understand what I mean? You know that. You know that when you get there. We don't got time to go over timetables again. You dig what I'm saying? How, how did you even get in here? So listen, what we're talking about is the overall impact on the community. Listen, if you go back to when LeBron James left Cleveland, there were a ton of articles written about how it devastated the downtown Cleveland area when he left Absolutely. and took his talents to South Beach. Because you're talking about, as you alluded to, Cash, you got bars, restaurants, all these things that are down there built around these arenas and these downtown areas that rely on that traffic from from those NBA games. You got, you know, you got 82 games in the NBA season. That's 41 home games minimum. 41 regular season home games. You know, you got some other games, your preseason games. You have your, you know, hopefully your team can make the playoffs, which Oklahoma City um, has been able to do. Uh, since since Russell Westbrook's uh, uh, been uh, been a member of that team, so his impact is so far reaching in that community, man. It's 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 incredible. It's incredible how much money uh, a player like a like a Westbrook, a LeBron James, um, some of these guys can generate for these markets. Um, Absolutely, and, and just for the city city in general. So hats off. To Russell Westbrook, congrats on the contract, um, and 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 we'll see what happens this NBA season, man. As as we said a minute ago, preseason has just uh, just started last night in the association, and yes, you know uh, when you're talking about basketball these days, if you're not talking about Lonzo Ball, um, then maybe you're not talking about basketball. That's one of the hottest tickets in the NBA is the Ball Show as they call it now. Triple B. Shout out to the big homie LeVar Ball, the greatest modern-day advertiser and hype guy. I've, I've seen, I don't know if I've ever seen this. What he's done to put his son, his children on the map and to ultimately get them all D1 scholarships and, and to have their name, you know, plastered across social media. I believe his youngest boy has a couple million followers on IG. Um, so shout out to LeVar Ball, man. Triple B's, baby. Yeah, no doubt, man. And and like I said, it was a big ticket last night. People were excited um, about Lonzo playing, about seeing him play. Um, obviously, you got Ingram there. You got some other young guys there in um, in L.A. So we'll see how that whole thing works. It looks like it's going to be fun in L.A. I don't expect to see them do a whole lot of winning this year. But <laughs> no, you know what I mean. No. But it, it, it looks like not with the uh, acquisition for the Timberwolves that just bumped them down again. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing in LA. I think what it's going to do. I think everybody understands the expectations that they're not going to do a lot of winning. But I think they will play an entertaining brand of basketball, which is good because you're in LA. Um, you know that's that's what they do there in LA. You entertain people in LA. <laughs> you understand? So you're in well, you're absolutely. you're in, you're in Hollywood, the land of entertainment. I think they will play an entertaining style of basketball with Lonzo pushing the ball up the floor. Um, and then we'll see what happens next year. Paul George, a couple other pieces out there. If, if some other guys decide to leave and bolt for L.A., we'll see where that goes. But you brought the Timberwolves, who also played last night to open up the preseason um, with some of those new pickups. Uh, Jeff Teague um, is there now, uh, as well as Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy Butler is over there. Um, yes, sir. And listen, that team looks good. You got Andrew Wiggins. Um, who I believe has uh, from la- 
last year showed me that, that he took a step. He's a great two-way player now at this point. He can play defense on three positions. He can score. He's a super athletic. And then you got the big cat, Carl Anthony Towns, who you can throw it down there to him, and he can score on anybody in the NBA. He can also step out and knock down a jump shot out to three-point range. So that's going to be a super entertaining team. Unbelievable. That's just <laughs> that's video game time. That's unreal. Yeah, what they're going to be able to do out there – it's going to be crazy out there in, in Minnesota. So, yeah, man, I mean, listen, I've been on my 2K18 already. Um, so, let me ask you this. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, you're the basketball guy here. That's what I when do. When do you see, when do you rank Minnesota right now in the West? <sighs> good question. I mean, good so, question. That's a good question. Let's talk to starting five right though for, for Minnesota. Run, 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 run the people in the chat down that starting five. So, Minnesota right now, you're going to have Jeff Teague. Um, you're going to have uh, Jimmy Buckets. You're going to have um, Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins. You're going to have Carl Anthony Towns. And you're going to have, uh, what's the gentleman, what's the guy's name, man? Uh, I can't think of his name right now off the top of my head. Um, but he'll be playing the four. <laughs> that guy be playing the four. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But he'll be playing at the, at the four. Um, and then also you got some other guys coming off the bench. Uh, dang, that's his name. Dang, uh, dang, uh, it's gonna be at the four of the five, and then Carl Anthony Towns as well. And then you know you got uh, Shabazz Muhammad on that squad still. Um, and you got some, you got some other pieces there. So that's gonna be a good team. Where I would put them at, you got Golden State. I still think is is probably still number one right now because they have the most cohesion coming back. Um, you know my stance on Oklahoma City. I would put them at number two right now in the West. I would still say just based on talent, I would have to put Houston in the three slot just based on talent alone. Um, Mm -hmm. I would probably go, even though, you know, I'm not big on LaMarcus Aldridge right now at this point in his career, but I'd probably go um, San Antonio at four. Um... And, and and then I think anywhere from five to seven, I think is a good spot for Minnesota. Um, if every obviously this is hinging upon everything, you know, kind of working out. And those pieces, the, the type of pieces that they've assembled, that seems like it should all work out. So I would probably put them right now at like five or six. I'm trying to think if there's anybody. I like Portland. Um, I, I don't know if they have enough around those two guards in Portland. Um, right. To be better. Than, than than Minnesota. So right now, I would probably have Minnesota maybe the five at five or six. I would say right now for Minnesota. Hey, here's the deal. You just you just sparked you just sparked the thought in my mind. What Portland needs to now do because exactly what you just said they're taking up their backcourt. That's a redundant backcourt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Those guys are pretty much doing the same stuff. So what you want to do if you're Portland, you want to reach out to New Orleans, right? And start talking about this DeMarcus Cousins character. Now, obviously, you would love to get Anthony Davis. Ah, uh, you know what? I forgot about uh, uh, I forgot about them. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. New Orleans. Yeah, they got Rondo out there now. My man. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. My guy. So, my guy. Rondo, so, they need another point guard. Okay, go ahead. Right, yeah. It's my boy Rondo, <laughs> man. So, hey, but, I mean, you're talking about Rondo who, you know, in terms of scoring. Come on, man. But what I'm saying is that if you're Portland, what, you, what you're trying to do is figure out of New Orleans what they want to do with Anthony Davis, right? Of course, that's your first point of order. But realistically, DeMarcus Cousins, you know what I'm saying? What can you do to potentially get that brother 
because I don't give a damn what anybody says about DeMarcus Cousins. People talk about Anthony, call Anthony Towns like DeMarcus Cousins ain't in the NBA. You dig? So, you know, you talking about a guy who can stretch the floor, can run the floor, can shoot threes, can bang inside 20 and 10, legitimate all-star in the West? Please. So, again, Portland needs to show me that they want to win. You can't just have this little fun, fast backcourt thing going in the West and think that, like, you know, people are going to be satisfied with that. I need for Portland to start making some moves, right, to get some pieces. So, yeah. you know, listen, maybe they should be reaching out to New Orleans. You well, know what I mean? You know what's funny is that if, if you combine uh, the New Orleans Hornets and the Portland Trailblazers, you actually got a pretty good yeah. team. <laughs> if you combine <laughs> if you combine those hey, two teams. Right. You know what I mean? Especially in this new, especially in this new NBA where everybody want to team up. You, you apparently exactly. got to combine teams nowadays. Because that's yeah. my problem. Do I think that those bigs can be good out in New Orleans? Okay, yeah, they can be good. The problem is, right. is how much do you believe in Drew Holiday? How much do you believe in Rajon Rondo? How big are you on right. Solomon he, uh, on Solomon Hill? Where are you on Jordan Crawford? You know what I mean? Ian Clark. So right. those are those guys become the issue is do they have enough around them? It, it, it's, it's weird because they're kind of the opposite of, of the Trailblazers. I think the Trailblazers, I don't know if they have enough around those two guards. And then in New Orleans, I don't think they have enough around those two bigs. So, you know, but we'll see, man. We'll see. Like I said, I, I, I've been playing my two, NBA 2K18. I'm looking forward to the, to the season. And, uh Man, it's gonna be fun this year uh, in the association, man. Hey, let me let me chime in real quick with this, and I'm, we can end the NBA talk with this. At, right now, it's a little honeymoon, right, with all the players joining each other and people taking pay cuts. Here's what's about to happen: after Russell Westbrook signed that that contract that he signed already, right, forty million a year roughly. Clay Thompson, the, the shoe's about to drop, is what I'm about to say. Clay Thompson, the Draymond and the Green. Draymond Green's of the world, excuse me. These gentlemen are going to start looking around like, hey, this ring stuff is cool and all, but I need to get to this money. It's a lot of people out here with rings on their fingers that end up having to pawn them on eBay because they paper ain't long enough, right? Just go see uh, Warren Sapp. Listen, at some point, you and your agent and your team have to sit down and get to this money. I'm not about to sit around and watch guys sign, you know, five years, Two hundred million dollar contract, right? Or four year, you know, two hundred million dollar contract without me getting a piece of that pie. So, this listen in about I w- I'm going to predict in the next two years we're going to start seeing people really, you know, uh, go after this money because players have been very generous with piling on these teams. Even Derrick Rose is underpaid. Right? Listen, kids. Stop telling me that Derrick Rose can't play basketball anymore. The, the brother is averaging 18 and 7. <laughs> Stop yeah. telling me this brother can't hoop. He's averaging 18 and 7. Stop telling me Dwayne Wade's washed up. He's averaging 18 and 6. These guys can still get you 20 points per game. Understand, that's worth something. So, again, players are going to stop being underpaid. They're going to stop this whole kumbaya thing. And you're going to see brothers start getting to the money. And that's where the NBA is going to rebalance itself once again. In about two years, though. In about two. Yeah, because right now, everybody, you know, everybody's having a good time teaming up. Mm-hmm. It seems cool. 
the problem is going to be is like you said. Is, I mean, I think Paul George made some comments toward it the other day. It's kind of like, oh, okay, hey, hey, I see you, Russell. <laughs> I, I see you, Russell. <laughs> you dig? Listen, if you don't think Paul George saw that Russell uh, Westbrook contract, because Paul George ain't made that kind of money in his whole life. He's made great money, of course, but this is, listen, kids. I know y'all watch a lot of TV and social media, so a lot of times. Y'all sort of devalue money. You see the brothers with the money phones, and you, you start talking about how $10,000 isn't a lot of money. Get the hell out of here, right? These brothers are making a quarter of a billion dollars now in this NBA. You better go get this money. Well, a lot of people are just full of crap, and let me say that. Let me, let me say that first. Well, no, real talk, and I'm going to give you a real-life example, right? This probably isn't the best example, but it just popped into my head because I literally just – Watched this on a YouTube stream, man, maybe a couple days ago. I, was, I went down a little rabbit hole. And I won't say where I watched it at. Some people will know it when I bring it up. Um, but I'm watching a guy who is uh, has a, a young lady on his stream. And they're kind of chatting and talking. And she brings up the fact that she was approached by a, uh, a porn outlet. Who approached her she's one of these you know ig type chicks who like, what are they I, ig models but like no one has like an actual oh, modeling contract hey. you just get like a bunch of hey, likes it's funny, it's funny to me. yeah but anyway hey, the, i'm an ig model too man. the moral of the story is this she was approached by a porn company and she was she wasn't like appalled by the offer she was kind of like quote unquote considering it for the time being but they were basically going to pay her five thousand dollars for three scenes for a total of fifteen thousand dollars and she knew what time it was because she's never seen that kind of money in one swoop. Ever. Ever. And and that goes for the overwhelming majority of the people listening here. They've never seen that type of money in, in one swoop. And so that's here's why she was thinking about it. Hey, and here's the deal. Let's just be frank. Out of all the people who are listening to this channel right now, how many of these people have more than $5,000 in their bank account? And I'll leave it at that. There you go, man. So let's move on. <laughs> so, let's, <laughs> so let's move on, man. You can drop the mic right there. Let's move on. Let's talk a little bit of boxing real quick, man. Let's get this in real quick. So there was a big wow, fight that man. was uh, going to be coming up. Deontay Wilder versus King Kong Ortiz now canceled because uh, King Kong Ortiz, the challenger, failed a drug test. Uh, mm -hmm. or, or as they say now, he tested positive for a... Let me see. Cause they, they no longer say someone failed a drug test. It's now the, the phrasing is he failed... Or, or no, I'm sorry. He tested positive for a substance on the ban list. That's the right. new way they said Because apparently that sounds better than saying he failed a drug test. But <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you, there you right. go. Man. So whatever that means, right. I'm going to say he failed a drug test. Right. Yeah, he out here on these performance enhancing drugs. Let's just keep it real simple. Um, it's unfortunate for King Kong Ortiz because King Kong Ortiz is not a young man, right? Yeah. Meaning he doesn't have time to waste. Right now is the only time. He got a primetime shot at Deontay Wilder. Boom. Deontay doesn't die to anybody, period. Deontay is looking to fight, much like Earl Spence Jr. But, you know, as... Uh, the big homie from uh, Dante Boxing Nation likes to say, you know, both of these men are on the coincidental list, right? They're chasing fights. And, you know, as it was reported, Deontay Wilder actually paid Bermain Stiverns 
um, because that was his mandatory rematch. He actually paid Pay Lorraine. Him. Yeah, some of that to, step, to, to that step aside, that some of that step aside money. Yeah, he's like, yo, man, listen, we already fought. I beat you. Step aside. I know you're my mandatory, but I need this King Kong Ortiz fight. The fans wanted it. Uh, it's gonna be an exciting fight. And you know, unfortunately, man, you know, it's up in the air right now. And I say it's up in the air because the report is Deontay Wilder says he'll still do the fight. Now, the question to you, Roy, is will the boxing commission allow you to sell the drug test and still fight? And I say no. Let's have a bigger let's have a bigger conversation real quick about what I'm going to just frame as PEDs in general. Right. Let's have a larger conversation because I'm definitely disappointed in King Kong. Ortiz for all of it, for everything that you just laid out. But let's have a larger Very conversation, right? Personally, just to answer your question, I don't think that they're are that they're going to um, let this fight go through the commission. So I agree with you. But like I said, let's have a larger conversation. So you get these people. When I see you test positive for PEDs, I never think that's the first time, right? That that you've oh, taken no. any of these things. So I you think just you got caught. right. I think this is the first time that you've gotten caught. That's my that's my first reaction. And then I have another reaction because people say, oh, okay, well, uh, after they get off of these, we'll just, you know, we'll go back and we'll, um, we'll, um, you know, we'll fight, you know, in six months when he passes his test. And so here's my thing. And I don't have any of the science behind this. I don't have the information. And I don't think that there's been any true hard data done on this. But here's my thinking, right? I don't know what that has done to your body permanently in terms of its effects on your body. Absolutely. So because it's because it's no longer traceable or enough in it in your system that's traceable to detect on a test. I don't know if it's already given you some type of effect that's going to be long lasting for you. You dig what I'm saying? And when you start talking about guys who are taking PEDs in pro football, in boxing, the UFC, in hurt sports, in sports where the name of the game is, in the infamous words of Mr. T on Rocky, pain, right? So when that's the name of the game is to is to hurt people, yo, I don't want to be in there with a guy who's ever been tested positive for something. Um, yeah, ever. And, and, and the new thing is, right, no one necessarily takes straight up steroids, right? So... Um, at least to the best of my knowledge, it's not a lot of guys. Well, let me say this. It's not a lot of top guys who are running around taking, I don't know what lower level guys are doing, but guys aren't necessarily running around taking injections of steroids anymore. But what they are doing is taking these cocktails of otherwise legal supplements, right? Um, some supplements aren't legal, but it's always my conjecture that when you start taking these cocktails of, I think, I think it was T.O. years ago who showed his regimen of of supplements that he would take every day and it it was it was like 15 16 different pills and my whole thing was at what point in concert all of those things all of those things come uh the combination at what point is that a a a performance enhancer you dig what i'm saying so it's a very slippery slope for me when dealing with this absolutely you know what it is it's the taco bell trick right like hey man you know this is me but, you know, it's only 60% of beef, but technically it's beef. They're like, yo, what? I don't know, man. What the hell are we talking about here, right? So it's the same thing with this PED thing, man. These guys can take a combination of legal drugs that are basically the equivalent of illegal drugs. Now, here's the difference with the illegal drugs. 
with the illegal drug, it's usually like one or two methods, right? You just shoot something and you take something, right? I'm assuming that it's just easier. Now, with the legal drug, you got to go in the GNC or wherever you go to your nutritionist, and they give you 20 different bottles, and you got to take this at four, and then this one right here at five, and then you got to wake up at two. It's just more, it's just more of a, a hassle, right? But at the end of the day, if you take a, a, a wild combination of legal drugs, they, you know, the concoction itself is probably an illegal formula. Just if everybody's being honest, right? Listen, all of these brothers out here juicing, we've seen this time and time. Again, it's the Jamaica track team. Everybody on the team is juicing, and they couldn't even beat Usain Bolt, who allegedly isn't juicing. Come on, man, stop it. Ask Lance Armstrong and all the cyclists that he beat and they think about that. So, listen, man, King Kong Ortiz got the ball here. His image is forever going to be tarnished for me. I have no respect for the brother. It's unfortunate because he had a great little nickname and he had a great look for heavyweight. I thought it was, you know, I thought this was going to be an incredible uh, fight. I thought it was going to be exciting. And this, um, this, this failure of a drug test is really bad for boxing, for heavyweight boxing that's been down anyway. You know what I mean? And let me say it's this. Very bad and let me say this as well because I don't know if they've come out and said specifically what he was, what what it is that that he failed for. But here's what what I, I do want to say. Here's what I do want to say. Um, a lot of times in these, these are these are guys who are under the care of physicians who are giving them or prescribing these certain things. And what I need to happen is for these different doctors who are looking at these guys to be kicked out of these sports forever. Um, I need for them to also be stripped of any medical like because here's the deal, right? If you're knowingly get, and, and and some of these things like I think it was years ago I, and I know it's been more than more than uh, more than one guy test positive, but I think it was Manny um, in baseball a few years ago where he tested positive for like a female hormone. Or, yeah, you know what I mean? man. Um, yeah. And it's like, come on, man. You know what I mean? And, 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 <laughs> and, and it just it masks something, right? Mask. It's a, yeah, it's a masking yeah, agent. Exactly. And and you know, and so my thing is, someone's prescribing and and and, and getting these things for you. You know what I mean? And so, or at, at least someone is advising you on what you need to take. So we need to start really, you know, getting to the bottom of this whole thing, man. Because, see, here's my thing. I'm not really, and, and I don't know what, what your position is. I'm not really down on guys who do PEDs. And I'll tell you why. Because my conjecture is, I think everybody is doing some form of PED because of all the supplements and all this. I think everybody's kind of doing it. Now, what I, what, I, what, I, what I would like to see is I would like to see more consistencies from these commissions and really having an understanding of what guys are already doing, what they're doing them for, and for them to go back and even if they have to revamp what's on their list and really maybe even making it a little bit more publicly known, not only what their banned list is, but specifically why some of these things are banned. Because, so you got a guy, and I'm going to call names on this, and I don't care if he hears, um, you got a guy like Chell Sonnen who... Um, I tested positive for some things before, but I've also listened to Chael Sonnen's podcast. He's a UFC fighter, well, former UFC fighter. I think he's fighting somewhere like in Bellator or something like something like that now. And he's really went out of his way to make the reference that, oh, it was this that he was using. He was doing this, and then he always makes these wild comparisons about, hey, well, it was one guy. You know, he tested positive because he took. I think it was, I think he brings up. I think it's um, 
I think it is uh, uh, Edison Silva that tested for something one time. I think it was like a cold medication. Yep. It was a cold medication yep. he took. So, again, my thing is it needs to be readily known what the list is and why a cold medication would be listed on there. Is that a masking agent? Is it something that can do something? What What are the specifics on some of these things? Because... Like I said, I think with, with so many supplements, because you can go to GNC, and, and I agree with your point, you can go to GNC, um, I think you had the perfect analogy with Taco Bell, you can go over there, and I'm sure that you can go over there with a physician or someone who's very good in supplements, and they can get you a cocktail of supplements that can mimic, it may not be as strong as, but it can mimic the effect of, you know, one of these, you know, big time performance performance enhancers. So listen, man, to, to close the PED argument, everybody's probably doing PEDs at the highest level. Um, and like you said. And, and why, why would you not? Is, why would you not do it? That's my thing. It'd be difficult not to do it. Exactly. It'd be difficult not to do it. I mean, Ray Lewis, they were talking about he had some type of deer antler spray, right? Something like that. Um, hey, listen, maybe it was some, maybe maybe he was trying to pray for the deers. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Weird, weird. That's weird. Like it was like some type of deer. Yeah, it was like weird, man. They're talking about how it enhances you, and and um, you know, Peyton Manning had a mysterious package delivered to his home. You remember that? Oh yeah. So, listen, man. In order to stay healthy in these sports, you're probably taking something. I don't condone it, but everybody's doing it. So let's just keep it real. Right. And I know. And listen, I know it's a problem because, like you said, why isn't this information public? Right. Why be so secretive about what's illegal? We're all clear that marijuana is illegal on a federal level, right? There's no secret about the legalities of marijuana. There's no secret about you need to be 21 years old, right, in the state of Texas to be consuming alcohol by yourself or to go purchase alcohol, right? Um so why why is this PED thing, which are illegal drugs, why don't I know what these drugs are? Why why isn't the public aware of it? And you know what I think it is? I think it's twofold. Um, I think the first part is that if maybe if Roy and Calvin become aware of these drugs and we know that what's illegal and on the ban list, maybe Roy and Calvin start to invest in these things, right? Whether taking them or trying to sell them, you know what I'm saying? And like make a profit. So I believe that they don't even want us to know all the drugs on these lists because they don't want us to have the information. And and listen, I, I know you remember a few years ago, the, and I know we're trying to wrap this up uh, with the PED things, but I want to say this. So Andy Pettit, the pitcher uh, for the uh, Yankees uh, a few years ago, when it was found that he did some PED, they asked him what he did specifically, and he did say he did some steroid and he did some things. And he said that it was because he was injured and he was trying to come back quicker from injury. And a lot of people laughed yep. at him and said, whatever, you know, you've been doing it. Well, here's the reality, though. I'm not saying that he wasn't lying. I don't know. But here's one thing I do know is that if something does happen to you, you may go to your doctor, your local doctor, and your doctor may give you a steroid. This is yep. real life. Your doctor will, because you know why? It will help you. <laughs> it will help your body. That's the That's thing. It, yeah, it, it will help you. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to just kind of throw that out there that this is something that, that people get prescribed in regular life all the time because it does help. Absolutely. Um, it, it, it people absolutely with arthritis. Does there you go. People yeah. with arthritis get prescribed steroids. So yeah. I get it. But yeah, man, so let's uh let's let's let's, let's take a run to the NFL, man. Listen, you listen to People's Champ Radio. I'm Roy Mack. 
with cash on the other end of the line. Yes, sir. Trust me, there is absolutely no church in the wild. And every Sunday afternoon, 12 p.m., we come to you on this podcast. If you're on our YouTube channel, make sure you hit subscribe. You can give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down, man. It really don't matter to me. The one thing I will it say, really don't matter the one me. thing I will say, if you do thumbs down, just let me know why, right? Well, Not yeah. saying I'm gonna go back, but just let me know why. Because what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna either listen to what you say and be like, oh, okay, that's a valid point, or I'm gonna say, okay, this is a troll, and I might charge you up. I don't know. You might get a reply back, and I might charge you up. You just a troll. It depends on how I'm feeling that day. But yeah, you definitely want right. to subscribe. Give us a thumbs up, a thumbs down. And uh, hit the bell icon as well on YouTube, man, so you can get notified when we drop the latest content. Because throughout the week, we also drop content um, on our channel. You can also make sure that you uh, follow us on iTunes. You can download the podcast there as well. People's Champ Radio. Let's talk NCAA, man. NCAA football. Um, The big game was uh, USC-Washington. It was it Washington State? USC Washington State, um, and Mike Leach does it again, man. Knocked off USC. The genius of Mike Leach. I knew this was it was only a matter of time for Mike, and as you know, this is going to be the stepping stone for Mike Leach to get a, a big time head coaching job again. Now, silly me, I wanted Mike Leach at the University of Texas a long time ago, but the problem is. While I was working for Mike Leach on my end, right, and championing Mike, Mike was burning every bridge in Texas on his end. So, you know, apparently Mike Leach is the know-it-all asshole guy who's like a lawyer, right, who's um, well-educated. And, you know, uh, a lot of the good old boys in Texas don't like Mike. So, you know, that's hence why he went to Washington State. Talk, talk listen, about man. this. Talk about this, though. And I know you might get to it, but I want to make sure that you kind of bring this in since you're, you know, the, you're, you're the football guy. Talk about how yeah. how ahead of his time offensively, Mike, because right now people are just kind of catching up. The rest of right. the NCAA and, and high school football, they are now just now catching up to what Mike Leach was doing at Texas Tech a decade ago. Well, let me say this. Um, he's ahead of his time in terms of – uh, I mean, and let me tell you how I can put this. He's ahead of his time based on his competition. He understood what Texas Tech was in terms of uh, their talent, right? Texas Tech has consistently been a three-star talent type of school. Every now and then they'll get a four-star guy, right, like a Michael Crabtree type of guy. But on average, they're two to three-star, right? I would say three-star because they, they, you know, they can miss the top 25 every now and then. So when Mike Lee said, well, look, why the hell am I going to come to Tech and try to play conventional football? It's going to be boring. We're going to get three-star guys in here. We're going to be a 500-ball club, right? Why lose the game, you know, uh, 15 to 35 um, when you can lose the game 35 to 48, right? Although the scores are pretty similar and you're still losing by two, three touchdowns, the optics are different. And now what will happen is, you actually draw the ire of more recruits. More recruits will start saying, man, that, that looks kind of fun over there what they got popping in Texas. So I believe that that's where his, um, the, the revolution comes from for me, for Mike Leach. He was smart enough to see that. Let me implement this wide open, you know, uh, run and gun offense here at Texas. Because we've seen it before. We saw Andre Ware 
at U of H, right, win the Heisman. So we've seen the high-powered offenses. We've seen guys throw the ball a lot. But what Mike Leach did was implemented um, with the level of talent that he had. And it also changed Texas high school football as well because those quarterbacks started going to Tech versus UT, and UT had to start spreading the ball out of more, right, in order to get quarterbacks who want to throw the football. So that's where Mike Leach's genius comes in. That's what impacts the most to me was that he saw the talent level and said, you know what, let's spread this, let's spread this out. Why would I try to run conventional offenses versus UT, OU? It makes no sense. We're going to get blown out regardless. And also, Roy, and I always say this because I play corner, there are not a lot of good cornerbacks. Right, so if you start spreading out four and five receivers, even if that team has one good corner, most teams are never going to have two good corners, especially in college. Right? If you start spreading those guys out, then you can really start exposing defenses, and it's much more difficult to prepare for a team in a shotgun spread offense than it is to prepare for a team doing conventional football. The clock doesn't get ran down; it wears your defense down. And it puts your defense in a lot of scenarios in which there can be penalties, pass interference, and things of that nature. So running that spread shotgun offense is just really smart, especially when you're getting three-star athletes. So shout-out to Mike Leach, man. Yeah, Time no, and place. Yeah, no, Time and place. Man. No doubt. What are, and now, what are your thoughts? So USC lost, and they have been kind of built up as a team, a team to watch for because of this great quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, and basically – you know, I hadn't seen a lot from the kid. Obviously, it's West Coast footballs um, where I am. It comes right. on pretty late. Um, but mm-hmm. people were basically saying the Heisman was kind of his to lose this year, which is very weird to me. But anyway, um, they yeah, lost. Yeah, after not hearing about him all last <laughs> year. Right? Yeah, all of a sudden, it's like it's his well, Heisman to he's lose. The, he's the number one overall pick projected in the draft. He, they're talking about he, you know, he has this Andrew Luck feeling, if you will, that, that people thought Andrew Luck had coming out of college, right? Um, listen, it's politics. It's USC. They're trying to create a Bama on, you know, the West Coast, right? Who's the dominant team, you know, in, on the West Coast? No one really is. It's really, it's really more about the Midwest right now and, uh, you know, the South of, you know, the, the Southeast, if you will, right, in college football with the SEC and, then you got the Big Ten doing that thing with Michigan and Ohio State, right? But on the West, USC has been so quiet, they can just sneak a number five, you got a number two ranking in there or whatever they want to do while USC is beating up on tomato cans. And then they start telling you about this guy who's the number one overall pick and he's projected to be number one overall pick and he's going to win the Heisman. And then the casual fan just accepts that USC is the number two team in the country. I never know how good USC is, man. I'm going to be honest with you. It's because of the competition they play against. And also, it's because they always tell me that every quarterback from Matt Castle to Mark Sanchez that plays at USC, regardless of what their numbers look like, they always tell me that these guys are incredibly talented guys and they're, they're the greatest thing since, you know, Carson Palmer. You know what I'm saying? They always do this with USC quarterbacks. I think it was – um. Man, correct me if I'm wrong. Was it Josh Booty? They tried yes. to sell me that. Yes, they yeah. did. They tried to sell me that this guy, Josh. It wasn't David, was it? Oh, no. It, it, it was John David Booty. That was his name. John, John David, David what Booty. A dumb, what a dumb name, by the way. <laughs> but, so, yeah, come on, man. But, yeah, John David Booty. I remember I remember watching him play and being like, yeah, 
was a little Josh Heifel-ish to me. Although Josh Heifel did win the, you know, the Heisman with OU and the chip, but I digress. But I could tell that his skill set wasn't going to translate to the NFL. But they were telling me because he was USC quarterback that he was that dude. So I'm always apprehensive when talking about USC and their talent. Now that Mike Leach has knocked them off, Mike Leach may be the, uh, the next head coach at SC at some point, man. I don't know. And let me ask you this. Were, did you know that T. Martin, former national champion uh, quarterback for Tennessee, was the old coordinator at USC? Man, shout out to that brother, T. Martin. He did what Peyton Manning failed to do at uh, University Uh-oh. of Tennessee. Shots fired at Peyton Manning. <laughs> Shots fired at Peyton Manning. Well, Peyton Manning went number one overall in the draft. The next year, his college team wins a national title. So, I mean, you know. And shout out to Jamal Lewis, too, man. The, the brother never gets talked about enough. Unreal. But anyway, um, T. Martin, national title, right starting quarterback for Tennessee. Shout out to their brother and what he's done in his career. Now he's on a hot seat, though, right? <laughs> apparently. That's what I was seeing a lot of. I, I, I didn't realize he was the old coordinator at USC, but apparently a lot of people putting him on a hot seat because they didn't like what they saw out of the offense from SC. Right. So, we'll so we'll see, man. So, we'll see. Um, Bama rolled um, in their matchup. Machine not much, there, yeah, man. not much from from them. I watched the uh, the Miami and Duke game, entertaining game, fun game. Nah, hold on, hold on, no, no, no. Listen, to all our fans out there, man. Listen, understand, people Champs radio, man. It's your boy Cash, it's your homie Roy Mack, right? Understand, Roy Mack watched his University of Miami team play for one reason. In one reason Oh, yeah. Only. Oh, make no mistake. He, he wanted, <laughs> make he no wanted mistake. to see this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, I, hey, I was there for one thing, you're a man. Sick guy. Y'all, no, listen, I'm going to let you tell some people in the chat why you watch this football game. Listen, I was there for the turnover chain. That's the only reason I was uh, there, man. I was there for the. I heard about this turnover. Turnover chain. I didn't know what people were Listen, I want. I was there for the turnover chain. I gotta admit it, man. As yeah, that's you tough to admit. I was there for the antics. I was there for the bullshit. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> I wasn't there. The football game was secondary. Every you understand. Every play, I was praying that it was a pick. It was a strip sack. I listen. I'm looking for turnovers when I watch Miami. That's the only reason I'm looking. I'm watching. For, I'm looking for My turnovers. Goodness. And I was looking hey, to let see. Let me say this. That's a lot of pressure on that D, ain't it? Well, you know what's funny as I, as I watched the game, I was thinking to myself, I wonder if it's counterproductive, right? Because right. you already go to, to, to the University of Miami. You're playing on, that, on national TV. Everybody knows They're about this turnover. They're in the country right now. Yeah, exactly. Everybody knows about this turnover chain. And everybody also knows that if you get a turnover and you get that chain on the sideline, there's going to be a camera in your face. So I'm thinking, Absolutely. man, I wonder if guys are maybe – Playing in a way that could, I don't want to say expose them, but could be detrimental to the team. Because you notice that, especially like if you're playing in the secondary, it's a way you can play a pass play that's a safe way where you can just like make a tackle that's shorter to the first down. You know, they punt the ball, we keep moving. Or you can be super aggressive, right? And you can try to get a turnover now (laughs) so you can get on TV. And you may, you know, it's a reason you're on defense, a lot of these guys, because you may not catch that ball. 
and now or, or you may misplay it in the air now you miss it the, the 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 receiver catches the ball and now instead of you know you just stand back making a tackle fourth down a punt now all of a sudden they get a first down you know what i mean so i don't know that Absolutely. to be i don't have the information about if that has happened if it hasn't happened but it is something that i thought about i put it like this if you're the defensive coordinator right whoever implemented that turnover change what you also have to do is take responsibility when your corners start inadvertently jumping routes right guys start exactly. taking chances that don't need to be taken because they want to be seen on the sideline with this turnover chain, which to me personally is corny as hell. I think that turnover chain is something cool in practice or something, but like on the actual sideline, that seems a lot selfish. Isn't that what all football teams talk about? Is it about the team and, you know, the whole team isn't wearing the damn chain. But listen, this <laughs> Miami. Hey, listen, it's the University of Miami. It's the U, one of the greatest, probably the greatest 30 for 30, if I'm being honest. It's the U. The U. Um, shout out to the brothers in Miami. I, I believe that, you know, Florida has uh, the greatest athletes in, in, you know, in terms of football. And I'm from Texas, and I can say that without a question. I believe that Florida has the greatest athletes in the country when it comes to football. So, shout out to Miami. They're number 14 in the country. Hopefully, man. They continue to build. I need to see Miami be a powerhouse again. It's just fun to watch them be successful out there. Yeah, no, no. Listen, to me, college football, because I think anybody of a certain age, college football is just a little bit better, a little bit more fun when, when, when Miami is good. Um, Absolutely. And so for me, I, I definitely fall into that category. Let's run to the NFL, though, man, because um, uh, if you're listening to People's Champ Radio, we're on on Sunday afternoon. So a lot of this information is kind of coming down as we're going through the show. So let me just run through some injuries right now for you, Cash, in the NFL. So uh, rookie running back for the Minnesota Vikings, Dalvin Cook, he actually went down with a oh, non he went down with a non-contact injury. And he was carted off. It's a knee injury. Um, wow. So whenever it's a non-contact injury and it's a knee, that's never good. Um, Mark, that sucks, man. Mark, I love, I, man, I'm a big proponent of Davin Cook, too. Hold man. on, hold on. We'll, we'll let you get to it. Hold on. But we'll, it's, I got more. I got more. Marcus Mariota <laughs> went down with a hamstring. Um, <laughs> so hey, he, they might be good for Tennessee. So he's we'll hurt. And also, yeah, we'll and also, um, I'm seeing something now um, that Julio Jones um, is out of the game with a hip injury. Yeah, that's, um, that's a big deal. So That's a big deal. So, big, big deal. Yeah, man. So that's where we are right there. Listen, it's the NFL, which obviously we know. A lot of people say it stands for not for long. It's a physical game. Um, injuries mm-hmm. are a part of the game. But those non-contact injuries like Dalvin Cooks, those are the ones that seem to have the real long-term um, yeah, repercussions man. to them. So hopefully, well, hopefully he's about, okay. Yeah, when you got a non-contact knee injury, man, that, that's listen. I don't want to even guess what that is, but it can't be good. And he was looking great, by the way, man. I, listen, I knew that brother was special when he was a freshman, leading that Florida State team to a title with him and James Winston him out there. That brother special. Yeah, he can flat out play. He can flat out play. He can play some football. And so, he got drafted way too low. And the Giants wish they had a guy like that on their team. But I digress. <laughs> what, do you think I digress. Of, what do you think about the Giants right now, man? Um, Listen, I think Marcus Mariota, listen, man, I said it here on People Champ Radio, man, catches every Sunday, man, 12 p.m. Central Time. 
I said this, what, Roy Mack, uh, three weeks ago? I believe so. When we opened this show, I talked about how Marcus Mariota is on my hot seat. He's in the AFC South. Everyone has a losing record in that division. Um, you know, year in and year out, there is no great history outside of Peyton Manning. Uh, they have all their quarterbacks in the AFC uh, South on the hot seat. Every last one of those quarterbacks are questionable. We're talking about, uh, you know, Jacoby Brissett and, you know, Tolzien for the for the Colts. And we're talking about Blake Bortles for the Jags. You know, who they just have to, you know, they have to play him right now, right, Blake Bortles. Um, and we're talking about Marcus Mariota, who is the number two overall pick, who people keep questioning whether they will take him or Jameis. Listen, if Jameis Winston was in that division, Whatever team he's on wins that division. I don't give a damn if it's Jacksonville, the Colts, or the Titans. His team wins that division. Period. End of discussion. Now Marcus Mariota is hurt. He's going to get a little bit of a pass. But the reality is, is that Marcus Mariota hasn't been uplifting his team. He hasn't been putting his team, right, um, in position to really take over that division. And it doesn't make any sense. If he is who you chat brothers and sisters think he is, then he should be he should be able to easily propel the Titans in the AFC South. And I'm gonna leave it at this. This is something that people went back and forth in the draft as to why Jameis Winston ultimately went number one. They talked about Jameis Winston's leadership versus Marcus Mariota's quiet demeanor. And they wondered as a quarterback of a team, can you uplift your team, right? And right now I'm looking at Mariota and I'm saying to myself, does he have it? Does he have that it factor? Does he have the voice? Does he have, or at least the quiet confidence, right? That, hey, I got y'all. Me, personally, I haven't seen it. I watched him play a couple times as well. I just don't see that he has that kind of presence. I could be wrong. It's still early in his career. I'm not going to write him off. But for me, he's on my hot seat. He's on the hot seat for me. I'm watching this brother. You on the clock, Mariota. Well, hey, hey, a... hold on, hold on, hold on. Go ahead, on. go ahead. With, with the hamstring injury, in the words of the great Steve Smith, say, yo, ice up, son. <laughs> ice up. There's you a, mean you got a hamstring injury? You kidding me? In the words of the great poet, Lupe Fiasco, <laughs> if you are what you say you are, My a kid. superstar, then have no fear. <laughs> you dig what I'm saying? Because the, the oh, camera's man. here. And them lights are on, and they want to show. And they want to show. <laughs> they want to show. And they want to show. So he you looks know. like a poor man's Alex Smith right now. Let me just give you some numbers real quick um, on the game uh, before he went out. Right now, Houston is is leading fifty four to fourteen over what? the Tennessee. Yeah, they fifty four to fourteen. Oh my Let me just give you some numbers before he went out. He was 6 of 10, 96 yards with two picks was Mariota. That's what he does. He does the dink and dunk. Look, he was 6 of 10, right, which shows some type of quote-unquote accuracy, right, for 92 yards. That's what he does. And that's the trick they pull Mariota. They try to pull the, the dink and dunk, the Alex Smith trick. And listen, the, the Chiefs just drafted a quarterback in the first round because they don't like that Alex Smith stuff. Now, Alex is playing out of his head right now, but the reason he's on the hot seat is because of that Marcus Mariota type of, you know, uh, play, gameplay, if you will. Listen, Mariota, ice up, son. 
His, his counterpart, Deshaun Watson, right, uh, is 24 of 34, 200, 283 yards, four touchdowns, one pick. My goodness. That kid there, man. So That kid's about to be, that brother right there about to be rookie of the year. So there you go. Let's talk about the big Sunday night game, man, before we get out of here. The big Sunday night game is going to be Colts at Seahawks. <laughs> Colts at Seahawks. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> the Colts? Colts at the goodness. Seahawks, man. Maybe is this, is this a good game for the Seahawks to maybe kind of bounce back, get some things kind of rectified for them? Well, listen, the Seahawks have a losing record right now, right? So, um, I believe the Seahawks are one and two. Both teams are one and two. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> if you're Seattle and you lose this game, here's what should happen. Everybody but Russell Wilson should be on the trading block. And you just got to blow it up. Everything's for sale. Well, well, you have to. Because at this point, what your players have said is that we're not interested in, in playing for this team anymore. Right? We're just not interested in playing for this team anymore. That's, that's essentially what I, I... You can't lose this game. There is nothing that the coach has. And they're playing in Seattle... I have to watch this game because I want to see the energy in the building. Mm. That's what I'm going to be looking at, Roy Mack. Well, I'm going to be looking at the energy in the building. The 12th man is usually there for them uh, in Seattle. So That's we'll what see. I mean. I want to yeah, see so the we'll energy see. in the building. So we'll see. Um, listen, man. Seattle's on the hot seat. And I'm, I'm talking about they on the clock. But they've been on the clock ever since they called a, a pass play on the goal line in the Super Bowl. Right? And things haven't looked good since. Now listen, the, the the analytics will tell you, oh man, well such and such got injured. And if you remember, hey, listen, I don't need all that stuff. All I know is that the heartbeat, the heart and soul of that team is no longer there. He's in Oakland now. You, you know what I mean? The big homies in Oakland now, and they have not looked the same. They don't look like they have that same cohesion anymore. Um, they don't seem like they have that same brotherhood. They don't have the same edge. That defense was edgy. Richard Sherman had an edge about him. Well, you got to think about it, right? right? When you have guys who all of a sudden start having their names attached to trade rumors. Um, yeah, man. When you start li- losing core guys. See, you can lose pieces of your team. I'm always a, 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 of the mindset that you can't lose core guys. You can't lose right. guys who are core. And... And Marshawn Lynch was a was one of their core guys. Well, he's the face of that organization. Exactly, and so Marshawn when, Lynch is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, Seattle Seahawks of all time. Period. Period. Hold on, I'm not going. Hold on, I'm not going to sit here and let you disrespect Sweet Home Sean Alexander. Oh my God! <laughs> hey, you lucky I can't use your mic right now. You damn lucky, boy. I'm not going to let you sit here and let you disrespect Sean Alexander. Hey, if y'all don't know in the chat, Roy Mack has all the control to the show. (laughs) Hey, listen, you know, I can't protect your ears from this this blasphemy. He's mentioning the guy, Sean Alexander. A a former NFL MVP, Sean Alexander. 
Hey, I've never seen this in my life. A guy went from an MVP to not even being a pro bowler. Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. Unbelievable. Here's the guy went from being an MVP to he couldn't even be a pro bowler. I know yeah. between Sean Alexander and Marshawn Lynch, there's only one NFL MVP. That's all I'm saying, man. That's all I'm saying. Hey, listen, I know between Kobe and Steve Nash, only one of those guys has two NBA MVPs. You're going. Well, you know, hey, maybe Kobe wasn't good enough, man. Yeah. Hey, maybe. Hey, hey, yeah, I know. I know. Hey, listen, if the sun don't shine, the sun don't shine. Hey, shut hey, up. Two, hey, listen, there's three MVPs between the two. Someone has two and someone has one. I'll let you figure that hey, out. Hey, I'm not going to sit here and let you disrespect Kobe or Sean Alexander. Hey man. Let me say this though. Sean Alexander. Sean Alexander, Sean Alexander oh, and, and and Mike Holmgren. I mean, I'm sorry, Mike Mike Holmgren. Mike Holmgren should have another Super Bowl and Sean Alexander should have his a Super Bowl ring as well. <laughs> but Absolutely. apparently the NFL and, and their referees and rules committee decided that, like when they went to the Super Bowl that year versus Pittsburgh that they were just going to, you know, have a, a totally different set of rules. So there you go, you know. Well, and the, the tight end at the time was supposed to be the young phenom. Uh, we got his first name, but his last name is Williams. And I remember watching him specifically. His brother dropped three touchdown passes in the Super Bowl. Three. Count them up. Um, listen, I don't know if he took the money. I don't want to tight nobody. I ain't got the information. But it looked real weird for him to be the future of the franchise at tight end. And this young brother dropped three touchdown passes in the Super Bowl. Funny to me, too. Yeah man, yeah man. We got to we have to do a show about that one day, man. We we'll talk about that. Hey, yeah, let's let's get ready to get up out of here, man. People's Champ Radio, Roy making cash. Make sure you hit subscribe, hit the bell icon to get the latest information from us when we drop some new content. Also, give us a thumbs up, give us a like on the stream, and you can hit us up on iTunes in the podcast center. People's Champ Radio, Roy making cash every Sunday afternoon. Cash, give the people something to watch this. Uh, give give them something to watch this week, man. Mm. Man, that's a good question, man. Um, movie, you know TV what, man? show, anything. I'm gonna give, give y'all a throwback movie to watch, man. Um, one of the greatest movies of all time. Y'all need to watch The Matrix Part One, man. Um, just love it. I mean, the they're so far ahead of their time, man. I haven't even seen anything close to what I saw in The Matrix in terms of the concept, the storyline, the visual effects. Man, pop that Matrix in for all you kids that were born like the same year the Matrix came out. You probably didn't see it yet, man. You know, try to try to go go, go watch the Matrix it's on Netflix, baby. Well, I'm gonna give them something that's also just came to Netflix. Um, this uh, well, it, it came to Netflix in 2017. I was unaware of it till I was kind of scrolling through Netflix the other day. Something to watch, man. This is a musical movie. It's a throwback movie. I remember when I watched it, I was young, man, when this thing came out. Um, it gave us one of the great names um, in the history of pop culture. And we use this name to refer to people who, you know, may be having a substance abuse problem or may feel like they're, they are now the leader of the group. Um, the movie The Five Heartbeats. Go watch that movie, man. Mm. If you've never seen that movie or if you've seen it before, go watch it again, man, for the great Eddie Kane Jr. Um, hey, great movie. Man. Shout out to the freaking five heartbeats. What yeah. a movie. Yeah, go check that out on Netflix, man. Go check that out, hey, man. Hey, it's silly me. When I was young, I thought the actors were really singing. I'm really... <laughs> Shout out to Robert Townsend. Hey, 
And I thought, yeah, I thought the big homie Eddie, Eddie Kane was really. I was like, hey, that dude is king, you know. Hey, well, let me give you a fun fact on on on, on the actor. I can't remember his name, his, his real name, but the, the 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 gentleman who portrayed Eddie Kane Jr. Yeah. Um, he was actually supposed to be, and I can't remember which role he was supposed to play, but I can't see him playing either one of these roles, so I guess it doesn't matter. But he was supposed to be in the movie New Jack City, and I can't remember if he was oh. supposed to be. He was supposed to either be Nino Brown, or he was supposed to be the Ice T character. I can't remember which one, but he was supposed to be one I of those guys. Being, I can see him being Nino Brown, bro. Real talk. Now listen, because we know what who. Uh, uh, the big homie Wesley Snipes is. We can't fathom anybody else playing Nino Brown, but if, you know, had we not had the Wesley Snipes impersonation, right? I could see it. You know what I'm saying? Like I could see him playing Nino you know, before we knew that Wesley Snipes was one of the greatest actors of all time. You know. Yeah. I- I would need to see if he did like some like a test run to see how that would look. I don't know, man. I right. don't know. But yeah, go check that movie. You know what? Yeah, so go ahead. The they had Will Smith as Neo in The Matrix, right? Think about it. The Matrix came out um, in the late 90s. At the time, who the hell would have said you didn't want to see Will Smith in a blockbuster movie? But well, looking at that role, has no way in hell Will didn't Smith would have played Neo. Didn't Will decide to do Wild Wild West instead of Instead of yeah, the Matrix, I believe so. <laughs> and you know what's funny? Goodness hey, gracious! You know what? You you can laugh. But I have to deal. laugh. That's a terrible movie. Well, here's the deal. It's a terrible movie. But here's the deal. <laughs> he he's much better suited for Wild Wild West and that character than Neo. Like Will Smith isn't like a stoic. Uh, like a um Well see uh, hey, hang on now. See this, on. this whole sports show is gonna devolve into like a, a, a movie show. And the reason I say that is because I actually like him what's the movie he had with his sons? Is it After Earth? I like that movie. When he's kind of you like uh, what? The movie he has with him and his son. Is it After Earth? I don't know the name of the movie. I think it's You After like After Earth? I'm a fan of that movie. I, uh, I thought that movie was a solid movie. That was a good movie, man. Hey, man, it's cash, man. I'm out of here. <laughs> hey, I, are you kidding me? Hey, listen, it's cash, man. I don't know who this other guy is. I don't know what a snack boy Mac up at. Listen, hey, join us next week while I give you... Has the most the lowest rating in the history of life. <laughs> in the words of Roger Mayweather, most people don't know shit about movies. Hey, listen, <laughs> hey, most Will, people don't know Will shit Smith about movies. Will Smith said After Earth was a terrible production. He, he was on the production team. Unbelievable. He's like, trolling. After Earth? That was a, I thought it was. I thought no, it was no, no, a solid no, that's movie. not a troll. That's He's trolling. He's trolling. He Will Smith said the movie was rushed. He pulled the movie was rushed trick. I was like, hey, I know. I can agree I with that. Know. I could Maybe it was. Oh, okay, now yeah. I'm coming around. Now I agree with Will. Maybe it was a little rushed. Hey, y'all rushed. know what this is about, though, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> this is what happens when people start having kids. And so Roy liked the fact that, you know, him and his kid was in the same movie. I see what you did there. You got sentimental on the movie. No, that, hey, now, that movie's a few years hey, old. So, you know, I like that hey, movie, Hey, that's man. cool. Hey, hey, I know. I like that movie hey, after Earth. You're man. a few years old too, son. I like that movie, Earth. man. That's a good listen. Shout out to After shout Earth. Out, shout hey, out people, to After Earth, people man. People in the chat, you better not go watch no goddamn After Earth, boy. Shout, shout out to that. After Earth, man. It's what a, a terrible. It's movie. a much better movie than The Pursuit of Happiness. 
All right, man, listen, it's People's Chair. That's worse than Wild Wild West. No, Wild, listen, Wild Wild West had like a huge like mechanical spider. That thing was all over the place. Hey, what a... That thing was all over. I, I still, to this day, I don't know what that movie's even about. That movie's all over the place. Yeah, I really don't, bro. That's a weird movie, bro. Weird. Listen, movie. man. People's Champ Radio. Next Sunday, we'll be in the building. I'll probably give you five reasons why you should watch After Earth. Uh, no, uh, no. Roy no. Mack hey, and I Cat. Be, I won't be a part of that podcast. <laughs> I don't know who the replacement is going to be. Hey, just call me after that session, man. I'll be on speed dial. You, you know, hit me up after you're done with that little soliloquy. I'll be on speed dial. <laughs> We're making cash, man. We'll be back with you next week, man. Join us. Also, again, it's important that on our YouTube channel you hit that bell icon so you know whenever our new content is going to be updated and or dropped for you so that you can get the latest and the greatest from us, man. So holla at us, man. We out of here. See you next week. Cash out.